sharpshooterfunding.com, our newest sponsor. Uh, gotta love it. The Hart Foundation, the Hart family, legendary in the wrestling community. And as you know, obviously at this point we are a wrestling show, so definitely helps us to you know be linked up with such a prestigious name. So go to sharpshooterfunding.com, check it out. Any money you need, I'm sure they can hook you up. Uh, Icon, it is Monday again. Uh, we have a lot of big stuff coming. For those of you who listen, we're going to post it on the Facebook page. We're going to post it on the Instagram. Uh, we're going to put it all over the place. But we got some special different day of the week things coming up. Tell us what we got. Well, uh, uh, well, uh, of course, today we have some big guests. But I want to talk about next Monday and next Tuesday. We have such a big show, it could not con- be contained on one day. Next week, on Monday, we have Dan the Beast Severin and Mr. Hughes, former WWE and uh, UFC MMA fighters, are going to be on Monday uh, Monday and uh, Tuesday. It's me, it's me, it's DDP, and his wife will be uh, with us in all And that's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. And also the star of A Christmas Story and the movie The Toy, Scott Schwartz, will be here as well. So it's such a big show that you got to be contained for one day. Icon, it, it may have been my age, but I was, I was a little scared of Dan Severin when he first came up. And, you know, when Severin first started, I didn't really know what MMA was. I, I didn't know what UFC was or mixed martial arts. I just knew that he came from it. Steve Blackman had background in it. Ken Shamrock had background in it. Um, but again, you know, that was before the internet, weirdly enough. I have that old, yes. And I didn't really know or have the means to look up exactly what that was. I just figured it was like karate, street fighting, whatever it may be. But I'll tell you what, Dan Seven is an absolute beast of a man. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, you want to talk about scary. Uh, what about calling him up once you get his phone number and asking him if uh, out of the blue just to talk to you? Think of how scary that would be. Well, what did he? What did he say? He said, uh, "Yeah, tell me about your show, and uh, I'd love to. I uh, love to hear it. What, I mean, what a nice, sweet guy, you know." So, so he's a nice guy. He looks scary, but he's, he's actually a big teddy bear. Yeah, well, you know, he was telling me about how uh, he uh, he uh, rented a car a, uh, a week ago, and he's already got five thousand miles on his rental car. Think about that. Jeez. He goes all over. Well, the he's place. got the, he's he's got the money to pay for overages, though. I don't think he's too worried about that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but, tell uh, us uh, tell us then. So again, we got seven coming. He was coming. DDP and his wife coming. A couple of big big shows coming up down the road, uh, in, in within the next couple of weeks or so, a couple of days that are off kilter from our normal schedule. But tell us who we got tonight, because we got a we got a pretty good docket lined up for tonight as well. All right. Well, tonight we have, uh, starting off, we have R.D. Reynolds. Uh, he wrote uh, the book, What Killed WCW. Uh, it's a great book. It's a great read. He's going to tell us that. Uh, we have uh, Baby D. Uh, man, she Does is, it have any uh, pictures? I only read books with pictures. Oh, it's got pictures in it. Uh, All right, good. Then I can read it. Yeah, she's going to join us. And also, uh, Anthony uh, Lacasio, he's going to to join us. He's going to tell us why everybody's a pain in the neck. 
because you're really delicious. I like it, man. <laughs> and uh, I'm with it. I'm with it. Before we get into this, I want to thank our quick sponsors. I'll run them down real quick. Uh, MPX Fitness, 3955, 40th Dakota, 701-293-0002. Uh, if you want to get some training, uh, she's got a special class this Wednesday. Mariah Pusher checked her out. Big Nick Sports Cars, 3902, 13th Avenue South, Fargo, North Dakota, 701-277-1989. All your sports cards needs, gaming card needs, everything all under one roof. The basement of the West Acres Mall, give him a give him a shout-out. Icon Enterprises, 701-205-8784. You want to be a guest on this show, you want to try co-hosting the show, give Icon Enterprises a call. Call and get our man Kramer's. 612-360-7021. We want to thank him for uh, making our theme music. Uh, Tanya K. Uh, Photography, 24827, 119th Avenue South, Fergus Falls, Minnesota, 218-731-2276. And Rice K. Photography, 270-775-4506. Icon, so, not only did he make, not, well, not only did he make our theme music, but he also made this little This is Colin from Minnesota Metal Band Celestial Drift. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with my guy, the Icon. So that's always that nice as well. My, that is probably my favorite commercial of all time for obvious reasons. But uh, so I, I uh, bet it is. And for, the, and for those of you who know, we are generally commercial-free. But if you do want to send us a 30-second to a minute-long commercial for your sponsorship, maybe any of those guys that uh, that you named off for sponsors, if they do want to send anything to us, uh, feel free to do so. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll always take them. And, uh, you know, one of our other sponsors here. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this. Nope. But you- Not that one. Is it this one? Nope. Not that one either. Nope. The only thing more exciting than watching sports is being a part of the action, working in a career in sports broadcasting. And there's no better place to get the training you need than at Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We've placed thousands of grads in rewarding careers coast to coast. We're enrolling now for day and evening classes that begin soon. Connecticut School of Broadcasting with 12 East Coast campuses from Massachusetts to Miami. Visit GoCSB.com. Snowfall might be. So again, go CSB.com, check them out. Connecticut School of Broadcasting, that's where I got my certificate from. You can do the same. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have you and I, uh, regular hosts on the show, and uh, we uh, have uh, the the wonderful Granny Hulkster, and we should have our other uh, our other backup uh, host, uh, Shane Hagen. He was supposed to be joining us. I don't know. Did he call in? Is he there? No, nobody else. Nobody else is on yet. I've had the internet refresh the browser a couple of times, and uh, nobody has okay. called in with us yet. But but again, you know, who knows? Uh, I think we can handle it. I got a little bit of time. Yankees on a commercial break here. Um, let me ask you this, then, Icon. At the greatest Royal Rumble, we talked about it a little bit last week. I'm a little perplexed. I'm I'm flummoxed. I'll use my I use my my journalism degree vocabulary here flummoxed why did Brock Lesnar retain again at greatest Royal Rumble if he's leaving for UFC what is the master plan here well they're trying to uh they're trying to set it up so he breaks CM Punk's record that's the only reason why they're doing it now 
But would it really be breaking the record if he's a part-time guy? Because CM Punk is fighting damn near every night. So, I mean, what it, it's going to be maybe a tainted record, right? Well, the deal is Punk held the title for 434 days. Brock Lesnar's held the title for 392 days. So that's basically what they're trying to do. Uh, you know, they're trying to, of course, you know, they're always trying to, uh, they're trying to erase CM Punk from everybody's so memory. Yeah, so it would be like one last final FU to CM Punk. I see. All right, all right. I mean, I, I understand it. I think it's, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of bush league, and and you know, kind of stupid. But I, I get it. I I suppose. Uh, what else is a take from the Rumble? Well, uh, that uh, you know the whole the whole controversy thing with. Uh, Roman Reigns spearing Brock Lesnar through the cage, and of course, Brock Lesnar was on the cage. His feet didn't touch the floor. Roman Reigns did, so he should have won the title. Of course, they screwed that up. And every, the only thing that everybody's talking about is how Titus O'Neil tripped and slid under the ring. I mean, <laughs> yeah. seriously, is that stupid or what? Um, kind of, kind of. Well, here's here's my thing. I mean, was this was this a pay per view? Honestly, that was really necessary. I mean, I understand you want to build your international, you know, your international fan base. They went on the Indian tour, which is pretty much the only reason why they made Jinder Mahal, Jinder Mahal a jobber to the champion in the course of a month. But I understand you want to try to build up your, your international clientele. But was this a pay-per-view, <laughs> excuse me, that really needed to be a pay-per-view? And if it was, Shouldn't it have been a pay-per-view that was unique, a pay-per-view that had a different concept? Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love the Royal Rumble every year, but the Royal Rumble is one of the big four. The Royal Rumble is prestigious. The Royal Rumble is, you know, it, it means so much for the road to WrestleMania, and it means so much for the start of the new year. To have this be in the middle of April – and and call it the Royal Rumble and really have the winner not you know, I mean have the prize for winning really be subpar is a is a bit disappointing. I mean am I am I all based on that? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And you know, but the thing is though, and you know, if you wanted to watch it live you had to take off work here in the States to watch it at noon on Friday. You know? I it, it, Well I think their assumption uh, well I think well I think their assumption is that they weren't gonna get uh, very good live viewership from the United States. I think that they thought that a lot of people here who are WWE fans uh, are going to have the network and we're going to watch it after. Or, you know, pretty much everybody I know, except for maybe you, you still have the flip phone. Uh, I think Granny Hoaxer even has a smartphone at this point. Um, they're assuming that people get smartphones with updates and they'll say, oh, okay, so-and-so won this, so-and-so won that. I don't think there was quite the buzz around this pay-per-view that there's been in previous uh, years for other pay-per-views. And I just, I don't think people cared as much. And I think that's maybe why the Royal Rumble doesn't have the implications that winning the real Royal Rumble has. But that's my thing. Like, why call it the Royal Rumble then? Call it something else. I mean, hell, you named the pay-per-view Great Ball of Fire last year. Okay? Yeah. Awful pay-per-view name. Well that went. Do something stupid like that, you know. Do something stupid like that. Use your use your your position in WWE creative, and come up with something interesting that has something to do with the Middle East 
or something to do with, you know, uh, 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 that sort of theme. Or even if you call it a regular name, have it be all Middle East themed and things like that. But to call it the Royal Rumble and have it really mean nothing, I think it kind of spits on the face of the regular Rumble, in my opinion. Well, yeah, but the thing is, I mean, it's, you know, just, you know, if we want to get technical, as like they talked, they kept on talking, it's not the Royal Rumble, it's the greatest Royal Rumble, because there were 60 competitors, or 50 competitors, or whatever the hell it was. You know, There was, 50, com- the- there was 50 competitors in it, in the Royal Rumble match. Yeah, and you get to see, you, you know, you get to see Ray Mysterio again and all this, I, I, I don't know, it. You know, and the thing is, when I started hearing about that all this crap with Titus O'Neil, I haven't even watched it because I don't care. But it really wasn't the greatest. There really wasn't anything super great about it. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I've skimmed through it. I, I went back and I watched it a little bit on the network, and it was all right. But, you know, I'm I'm pretty much not going to be excited about any of the upcoming pay-per-views until we get to SummerSlam. Uh, and, and the right. reason for that is, is, is simply because SummerSlam is, is such a big event and, and you know, it, it's it's one of the staple, one of the big four. Um, but, I mean, you know, they, they've got, you know, I, I think, what is it, Unforgiven, No Mercy, something like that coming up uh, pretty soon here. I think Extreme Rules is going to fit Sunday. in here somewhere. Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday night is what? Sunday night is the next it's, uh, it's, uh, pay-per-view. Yeah, what is it? And uh, uh, what is it, Battleground or Backlash? Backlash. Bat- okay, yeah, yeah. Backlash. Oh, backlash, yeah, Backlash. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, Backlash used to be a big thing. Backlash used to be, oh, geez, this happened at WrestleMania. What's going to happen at Backlash? Backlash used to almost be as big as WrestleMania because, you know, WWE used to – basically undo everything they did and say, oh, well, this is going to be the revenge pay-per-view. Now it's just another pay-per-view. And, you know, and, and they brought it back finally. You know, I'm glad to see that they're using, you know, they're they're bringing back the old names. But I just, I, I don't care until SummerSlam. I mean, is that bad? Well, no, and here's the thing, though. We, uh, we plan on doing a show uh, after each pay-per-view, but... Uh, just so people understand, we're only going to be doing the show after the pay-per-views for big pay-per-views, which is the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Unless there is something really big at one of the – Well, at least to start off with. At least to start off yeah. with. If we, decide it's, if, it, if we decide we want to do a recap show for all of them, who knows? But we'll start with the big ones just to see, you know, get our feet wet, see what's, you know, see, see what's the – uh, the gauge, the reaction of it per se, but for for me, I I feel like backlash is is just there's not going to be a single match on it that I care about because I don't think they've done a good enough job building up the stories. There's no intense rivalries, intense stories that keep you on the edge of your seat, and make your hair stand up. They just don't. They 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 lack that this year. They lack that every year for the for the past five years, you know. And and so again, that that's. That's just my take, though. I'm just a salty old man at this point. Well, no, and, you know, everything that you said, uh, you really can't debate that because it's true. It's just, you know, I just, you know, I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I'm less than thrilled with what they're doing. Of course, that's one reason why we started the show, and it's complaining about how creative, and you know something? 
they were going direction for a short time, and then all of a sudden they went back to the crap that they were doing. Nothing has changed. And we're still complaining about it because nothing has changed. Am I right or wrong? I think he has a valid point. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, you're you're right, Icon. I just, I I don't I don't know. I mean, WWE is is right now. I think they care more about their money and their sponsorship and their, you know, they care more about the the gravy train per se than they do about the fan base because. You know, th- there's there's a lot of endorsements that they're getting, and a lot of you know, diff- I mean, obviously the XFL is now coming back and things like that. I mean, man, right now cares more about his wallet, and he always, I mean, he always has cared about his wallet, but I think he cares more about it now than he does about putting out the absolute best quality product he can. Because I mean, think of it this way: if you're WWE, do you what made you successful? Going against the grain, being that shock value, being that 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 almost niche thing that defines all of pro wrestling, that that negative connotation that defines almost all of pro wrestling, is what made you famous. Now you're conforming to mainstream society, and you're blending in. You're not standing out. If they wanted to stand out, there's a lot of things that they could do. But, but I mean, for me right now, and I've said this several times, the only reason I watch WWE is to have something to talk about on this show. And that's not good because it's something that I grew up idolizing and loving. So, I mean, you know, who, and, who really you know, knows? Yeah, you know, and to, for those of, uh, those of you who have been keeping track, and our guest should be calling in here shortly, uh, for those of you who've been keeping track, this is the most that we've actually talked about what's going on in the WWE for a long time, because there's actually there's there's still stuff to complain about. Nothing has got nothing has changed, and it's really sad, you know. Well, I think there's always going to be something to complain about in every major sport and in every major <clears throat> thing anywhere. I mean, human nature is to complain, but they just make it far too easy. Far too easy. And, you know, you figure that the WWF creative would start, you know, would start doing something, you know. Is is this PG era, which I know that they're not going to get away from, they're going to stay, they're going to stay in for forever. Uh, is it going to, is it going to end up killing them off if they keep doing this? Because, you know, fans are, are starting to puke at this stuff. And I don't think they realize it. I do know. Give me one second, Pat. I've got to bring the Yankee here in the commercial. Okay. All right. So, uh, Granny Hawkster, how you been? Well, I had some tests done on Friday and um, had a echocardiogram done on Friday. Had a chemical stress test and a CT scan done this morning. So, I'm kind of just chilling, been chilling out most of the day. <laughs> right. It is what it is, you know, so I just, um, they're doing these tests as a precautionary method for me because right. I've been having some issues and we just want to make sure that, you know, 
Right. I haven't got no blockage anywhere in my heart or anything like that. So you know, it yeah, is. We, what yeah, it we is. don't. We don't want that. You do know, you have a history? Do you have a history in the family of like heart disease history? Well, my 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 dad actually my dad actually um, died of congestive heart failure back in uh, okay. 2004, and so. Um, I have what they call a dystolic function, which causes me to have the chest pains and the shortness of the breath and the fluid retention. And last week I Ooh, had a lot of no that fun. going on. So they just want to make sure that, you know, everything's okay, which that's what I want too. I mean, I'm not ready to quit being granny anytime soon, you know, and neither is my wrestling oh, family. And so, and, uh, but I mean, we, other than that, not, it, it is what it is, so. And we're not ready to give you up as a co-host either. We just got you, so we want to hang on. <laughs> yeah, you just got me. I'm not ready to quit yet, guys. But, yeah. You know, you were talking about WWE tonight. It was kind of funny, you know. Seth Rollins came out, and he was talking about he, was, he wasn't going to be like a champion like Brock Lesnar. He wants to be a fighting cha- champion. And then, you know, of course, Finn Balor came out, and they've got a match between, you know, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins tonight for the – championship belt and then of course they interviewed Titus O'Neil about what happened with him and then Baron Corbin had to come out and put his teachings in you know about making fun of Titus Baron so, Corbin actually know. speaks? That's interesting uh, well, Oh yeah he the did thing is, is I, <laughs> I, I, find it, I find it to be interesting actually honestly the, 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 the dynamic between Finn Balor and Seth Rollins that's probably the storyline I'm interested in in the most and the reason for that is because of the injury that occurred with Finn Balor at the hands of Seth Rollins that obviously wasn't intentional. It obviously wasn't a kayfabe <laughs> intentional injury, but he really did hurt him. And so, you know, I can see why there would maybe be a little bit of hostility there in real life. Even if there's not, they can play the angle of there being hostility. I mean, it's always easier to pretend like you hate somebody when they've actually hurt you. So that's why I think that's an interesting storyline to me because I, I'm, you know, I want to see Finn Balor, who you know never lost, technically never lost the Universal Title. I want to see him sort of get a belt back. I mean, Seth Rollins has become the Grand Slam champion. Okay, he's he's won them all now. Give it back to Finn Balor, and then if Finn Balor decides he wants to go for the Universal title, have him drop the belt, whether you give it back to Rollins or you give it back to The Miz or you give it back to whatever. Once Lesnar finally drops this belt, have Finn Balor get that push because Finn Balor still gets the crowd reaction. He's he's a mega athlete, and he never lost the belt technically. To ne- never, never got yeah. pinned for the belt. So – you know, to me, it would be only fair because Finn Balor, what has he done? He's come back, and he's faded into the abyss. He had a short run at the title, but he's sort of faded into obscurity. Finn Balor doesn't matter anymore on the card. He's not the main eventer anymore. He's barely a mid-carder anymore. It's just there are certain ways that WWE manages talent that makes you uh, scratch your head as well. And when you've got a mega talent like Finn Balor, arguably the best and most gifted athlete on the roster, it, it makes you it makes you wonder a little bit about what's going on in those back offs. Well, it's kind of uh, funny because you know Seth, Seth Rollins was talking about you know well, we'll let the fans decide you know and then here comes the Miz Raj and 
they had pictures of all four of them on their T-shirts, and they were wanting Finn Balor and Seth Rollins to join them to make the four horsemen of the WWE. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. That was kind of comical. But your your yeah. boy Kevin Owens got beat tonight with Sami Zayn and Jinder Mahal against Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman and yeah, Roman Reigns. They had a six man tag team. Yeah. Oh no, I, I know. Trust me, he, knows, that. He, he texted me. Well, he texted me and told me he needed to change his pants before he came on the show. I, I already knew that was the case. So, um, <laughs> now now now, Icon, uh, I think we have our guest with us. It's either the guest or the other co-host, the 317 area. No, it's, no the other co-host won't join us tonight. He's, he's got some uh, medical issues. So, uh, oh, well, here we go then. We have, our, we have our first guest on. Um, I got to tend to this Yankee game real quick, but I'm going to put them through, and you do what you do, man, and I'll be listening, and I'll chime in. Here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our first combatant of the night, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is probably the coolest wrestling author that there is out there today. Even though his website is wrestling crap, he's far from that. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you, without further ado, R.D. Reynolds. Hey, man, what's up? Oh, my goodness. How, how on earth can I even follow up with an intro such as that? Try, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a shot, you know. I'll, I'll do my best, but uh, it's uh, it's best not to hope for too much, but not to expect. Well, there too you much. go. How's that? So now that uh, you've been uh, introduced, we, what we like to do is we like to have our guests kind of uh, tell us a little bit about themselves that we get into the interview. So uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll ask you some questions. Awesome. Well, I am Artie Reynolds. I uh, created a wrestling website uh, on April first. 2000, so 18 years ago, uh, I started a site uh, called WrestleCrap.com. We cover the very worst of pro wrestling. We do it in a a comedic format, we hope. Um, And uh, we just try and look at the the funniest, uh, you know, most comical things that have happened in wrestling, sometimes when they weren't supposed to happen. Um, Things that have gone totally awry characters that never really took off um just the worst the very worst of pro wrestling that's what wrestlecrap.com is all about like i said we've been around for 18 years and yeah go ahead so basic so basically uh you've been talking a lot about titus o'neill and the red rooster you know it's funny because i was i was gonna say uh the shock master but you know i think that torch has been passed (laughs) probably Probably or attempted to be passed. It was it was probably handed over, and one of them caught fire. Would be my guess. And then and then, then tripped on the tripped on the rope on the way down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's one of those things. Whenever you're doing a relay race and they hand the baton, that you wouldn't want those two on your team. That's all I'm saying. Right. So now, correct me if I'm wrong. The RD in your name stands for a real deal because you are the real that is deal. Correct. Is that correct? That is correct. Right. Yeah, so would, before I got <clears throat> before I opened the uh, Russell Crab website, I actually did uh, a very minute amount of managing on very tiny uh, 
very tiny pro wrestling shows in the Indianapolis area. Uh, and so, uh, of course, Artie Reynolds, my uncle, Bert, I'm, I'm, I'm the illegitimate nephew of Bert Reynolds. But Uncle Bert okay. would send me to <clears throat> various pro wrestling shows, be those at high schools, be those at VFWs, whatever they may be. And Uncle Bert was, of course, looking to expand his dinner theaters that he had established. He wanted to start a chain of those. So he sent me to pro wrestling shows in attempts to take over the buildings so we, he could expand his, uh, his uh, dinner uh, theater chain. It didn't work out real well, and I decided I would probably be better off writing about this stuff than trying to portray a <laughs> comedic uh, manager. So, well, yeah, I was just gonna say, and how's that working out for you, uh, uh, RD? We got uh, we got our uh, we got another co-host here with us. Uh, she goes by Granny Hulkster. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, ever uh, met her or if you guys know each other, but. Uh, uh, no, we, gonna, we've never gonna, had the pleasure of meeting each other, I'm sure. So, Well, you have now. Well, it, yes, <laughs> it's a pleasure now. Stunt yeah, Granny sure, it sure I is. I dig it. Well, so, you know, no, you, um, no go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to okay. say, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a huge wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestler by any means. And this little mm-hmm. gimmick name was just given to me about, 17 years ago, and it's just kind of stuck with me. I go to a lot of independent shows. Um, I live in Arkansas and go to a lot of independent shows, and I've met some big-time professional names over the years that I'm, you know, proud to say that I've actually had the opportunity to meet. And I just, my family and I love wrestling, so. You've met some big-time names over the years, and now tonight, meeting me, You've met a very small time name as well. You can put that on your resume. <laughs> okay, I'll put well, that on my bucket list. I, no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, now we want to talk. I want to talk to you uh, a couple things here. You wrote a book called uh, uh, something. Uh, um, let's see. Was it Vince Russo killed the WCW or some book like that? What was the book that you? Wrote? Oh no 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 no. Vince Russo, you know. Little known fact, Vince Russo and I, or I don't know if it's little known, Vince Russo and I get along famously. I've had him on our uh, WrestleCraft Radio podcast, I don't know, three, four times. I mean, yeah, I I co-authored the book, The Death of WCW, and uh, we we released that in 2005, I think. And uh, then we did a 10th anniversary edition, expanded. It was 40% larger. There's been an audio book of it. So it's done really, really well for us. I'm very, very blessed to to be able to say that. Uh, And, you know, in that book, we point out the different people that kind of hastened the demise of uh, world championship wrestling. And and, and Russo was on that list, absolutely. Um, But... And I'll never, never take back, you know, things that we said in the book. Okay, you, you did a lot of damage to this company, you know, Mr. Russo. But Russo and I, we get along great. Uh, he's actually, he's actually a very, uh, he's a, he's a nice guy. You just have to understand that whenever he's doing his podcast or whatever, I mean, that's all. He, he's, he's a showman at heart, and any time that you're listening to him, you're like. 
okay, yeah, well, I get it. This is this is all an act, you know. And that's just that's part of the charm of Vince Russo. If if you can understand that a lot of things he says, he says simply to troll people. Uh, then you, you, you right. get along fine with Rousseau, too. Also, if you talk to him about the t- television show Batman from 1966, you'll get along famously with him. Mm-hmm. Now, now I, I love that. I love Batman from 1966, Burt Ward. Yes. And, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Adam, Adam West. Adam West. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I am, I am a big fan. Here's my thing. Now, I'm sure you – I don't know if you still have contact with Rousseau, Put him in contact with me. I've been trying to get him on this show for two years. He can be he can be a little tough to get a hold of. Hey, you know what? Here's the thing. And I learned this for years and years and years. There was one guy I wanted to talk to more than anybody else. You know, I run uh, WrestleCrop.com, a website about the worst in wrestling, and. I had met early on, I had, uh, you know, we would try and get people so we could interview them. But it was always a challenge because we would call people and say, hey, I'm Artie Reynolds. I run a website called WrestleCraft.com. We talk about the very worst in professional wrestling, uh, and we wanted to talk to you. It made it very difficult. That wasn't a really good, good sales pitch to people. But early on, I met a guy by the name of John Tenta. And he was such a wonderful man. He was the earthquake, earthquake. In, in the WWF. Yep. Earthquake. Just a great guy. Earthquake. Wrote the forward to my first book. Just tremendous. I miss him so bad. And I was always like, okay, I've talked to Earthquake. I talked to him one half of the natural disasters. I write RussellCrap.com. I have got to get the Shockmaster. I have got Tugboat. I have got to get the man, the myth, the legend, Fred Ottman. And I chased him for like 10 years. And I finally got to talk to him. And you want to talk about awesome people. Fred is just like, man, he's, he is awesome. So if there's someone you're trying to, to get on your, on your radio show here, what my best advice is just don't give up because eventually, uh, eventually it will likely happen. Uh, I mean, and that's how we got, uh, you know, that's how I got Fred Ottman. Uh, Russo was funny because I knew he thought we were going to go in and, you know, have this big fight, you know, because of everything I had written. So my co-host, Blade Braxton, and I, the first time we had Russo on, I told him before the show started, I said, okay, we're going to do a Vince Russo-style swerve. We are going to have this man on our show, and whatever you do, whatever you do, do not bring up any professional wrestling whatsoever. So the first time that we had him, we didn't talk any professional wrestling at all. And I know he kept waiting for us to talk professional wrestling, and we just wouldn't do it. And I think that's one of the things why we – one of the reasons why we get along so well is because we did that. And, you know, we just wouldn't, we talked no professional wrestling at the end. He goes, man, you guys are pretty cool. I was like, yeah. And then the next time we talked professional wrestling, you know. Uh, But it was, you know, the thing to keep in mind, and what I always try and keep in mind, even whenever I'm writing, you know, uh, for Russell Crop, 18 years. I mean, 
I write about the things that have happened in professional wrestling, but I always try and keep in mind, these are just people. There's just like, they're people just like me, just like Granny Hulkster, they're, they're like you. They, these are people just trying to earn a living in a very strange uh, industry. And I always try and keep that in mind. They're just trying to put food on the table. So whenever John Tenta, you know, was in WCW and they said, okay, we don't want you to be the avalanche anymore. We want you to be a shark. Right. I always keep in mind, it wasn't his idea. You know what I really want to do? I want to start yelling shark attack and dress like a shark. You know, that wasn't his idea, but he was just trying to put, he was trying to put food on the table. So I always try and keep that in mind. Uh, whenever I'm writing about, you know, any, anybody, I always try and, uh, keep in mind, yeah, they're just performers and it's no different than if someone gives, uh, you know, an actor, a bad script, you know, they're, right. they're just they're later doing on, what they're told to do. Well, you know, he's got a point. I, I mean, it, it is, it is a very strange business, but it's also a very cutthroat yeah. competitive business. Um, but my, my thing, and I guess my, my question here would be. I mean, I got a couple of them, but I guess the first one here, because I'm, like I said, I'm doing double duty tonight. Is um, Please. everyone credits everyone credits the WWE Attitude Era for being the death of WCW. Obviously, you know the the whole Monday Night Wars thing and all that. But do you think it was efforts of the WWE or F at the time, uh, and, and what they were doing differently that killed it, or do you think WW, WCW just imploded really? I, I think that people always want to – it's human nature for everyone to want to point the finger at one thing for any, anything, anything major that ever happens. If, if, you know, a wrestling company dies, if a, uh, a football team loses the Super Bowl, if w- whatever it may be, it's, it's human nature for us to want to look and say it was this one reason. With WCW, it wasn't one reason. It was a bunch of different reasons. Uh, it was uh, people that it was the biggest thing that really hurt WCW is they simply didn't listen to their audience. Their audience told them what what they wanted. In fact, they they the famous story we we covered it in the book is they actually had someone do research, you know, market research. Uh, WCW was, was doing surveys and trying to find out, you know, what do you what do you guys want? And you're on, on Nitro. And the fans told them, you know, we want professional wrestling. We don't want a bunch of goofy storylines. We don't want a bunch of crazy characters. We want <coughs> professional wrestling. And the people in charge of WCW heard that and was like, well, yeah, they don't really know what they want. I mean, and and, and, and well, to he- some degree, you have to keep that in mind, too. Is like you know, there's a famous saying that was you know if if uh, Henry Ford would have listened to his audience you know before he made the Model T, you know what what did those people want? They wanted faster horses. They didn't want like a car you could drive, you know, because they, they weren't mm. thinking that way. But I think WCW was you know there there were so many different things that that sealed WCW's fate. But like juxtaposition-wise, consequently, wasn't WCW in a way? Weren't they right? Because I mean, look what won out: goofy, over-the-top, extreme, shock value storylines. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, in the end, what they said they didn't want ended up being what won. 
Well, I mean, to to a degree, the thing, but I I don't look at it as who. If you look at the Monday Night Wars, it's not there. WCW could have survived. <clears throat> Absolutely, they could have survived. Could they have beaten the WWF at the time? Probably not. But they would still be. I honestly think they could probably still be around today if they hadn't made so many many mistakes. And just like the finger had poke people of doom? in charge that didn't want to. The finger poke of doom? Absolutely. Goldberg losing? I'll never forget talking with Bobby Heenan, you know, uh, years ago. And Bobby Heenan was always my hero. I wanted to talk about a blessing. Uh, getting to know Bobby Heenan was, was absolutely the top of the list. He, I mean, he talked about how his view as to what killed WCW is when they, when they, they had Goldberg lose. I mean, because Goldberg was still amazingly hot, still, you know, everything that the company could have wanted. You think of it, and, and Hina was around, you know, for, for the whole, you know, uh, early days of Hogan in the WWF, right? And Hogan right. was, or, you know, his, his, when he was the babyface champion when he beat the Sheik, right? And Hina saw that, and he saw just how much money how much popularity Hulk Hogan got. And Hogan would just beat everybody over and over and over and over. And so I'm sure he thought, well, you know, Goldberg could do the same thing. Why are you going to kill, why are you going to kill the golden goose? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Well, do you, and, and, and my last one, I kind of let you guys take over here and I got one more later on, but you mentioned Hogan. Obviously, everybody knew Hogan as, you know, the, the yellow and red, ripped the shirt off, you know, the whole hoking off everything. Then he hit the NWO, and the NWO was the big heel faction, and, you know, they, they controlled WCW for four or five years. Um, do you think it was too much, a little bit of overkill uh, with, with NWO and everything, that what they did? Because, I mean, it just seemed like NWO was this unstoppable force that ran roughshod to the roster. Do you think people got sick of, of that, per se? Or was NWO actually good for WCW? No, I think that's a great question. I, I think that the original NWO was something. And in, 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 in the book, we point a finger at Eric Bischoff and say, "Okay, he was the cause. He was one of the causes for the demise of the company too." And Bischoff gets really furious about it. But I mean, it's it's true. But when you look, there has never been anyone who did a better job with an invasion storyline than Eric Bischoff did. There has never been anyone who flipped an industry, the wrestling industry on its head, the way Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff did. The original NWO storyline was, was tremendous. The problem was they didn't know where to go with it. So they kept going back to it over and over and over and over. And there was no progression to the storyline. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean, people eventually got tired of it. They wanted to see something else. And when they would go to something else, they would, you know, go away from the NWO for a while, but then they would come back to it. And it was like, okay, it this is something that was awesome the first time, you know, early on, but you need to have something, something to follow up on that. You know, we were talking about uh, Batman 1966, ironically enough. And that show, when it first hit, it was just gangbusters. It was unbelievable. It was doing these incredible ratings. But within the span of three years, it was gone because 
There was nothing to – they didn't know what to do with it. They had a really hot concept, but then they didn't know, okay, what do we do? How do we follow this up? Right, exactly. Now, uh, one thing that we uh, do want to do here, we got uh, – well, we got about 15 minutes here. We'll you. We got a few more questions, but one thing that we always have uh, all our guests do is uh, cut a little promo for us. And uh, I'm sure uh, as, a, as a big wrestling guy, you know – uh, basically how that works. So basically what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll have you say, hey, this is R.D. Reynolds uh, from WrestlingCrap.com or whatever. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the icon of the big swing, and then uh, you can say whatever else you want, and then I'll count you down from five, and then uh, we'll see what happens. Then we have to do a couple takes. We'll do that, and we'll ask you some more questions. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on a second. I always like to, I always like to take a couple notes. So I okay. completely ready. I know it's the Attitude Era Live. That I yep. know. I know I have Granny Hulkster here with us. Who else? Did, the I icon. want to make sure I get yours. The icon. And the big swing. Yep. And the big right. swing. Yeah, he's I a golfer, hockey player, means? and baseball player. Oh, okay. And he right. uh, he wanted to be a boxer, but that didn't happen. So, <laughs> so okay. So I'll, I'll catch up for five. We'll give it a shot, and then we'll see what happens. Then we'll ask you a few more questions, and uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, let you uh, uh, go for the night. But uh, we would like to have you on again because we have more stuff for you. Absolutely. And I would also uh, throw this out there. Uh, if you would allow me to, I'd like to be part of your podcast once, kind of. Uh, uh, kind of a trade-out deal because you uh, brought so much to us. I'd like to uh, bring very little to yours. <laughs> you can bring you can bring just a, a little uh, to ours that you you that I've brought to yours. Yes. I mean, just, just think when when people find out that you're going to have the icon on your show, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna make it even bigger. I dig it. Okay, ready? And you know, I, uh, I, think, I think this should be... Oh, sorry, I'll do it after he's done. All right, ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, hey, it's R.D. Reynolds from WrestleCraft.com. I am on Attitude Era Live with the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. It's an awesome show. Wouldn't you want to be on it like I am? Fantastic. Check it out. Attitude Era Live. Now, the reason oh, we do that, cool. um, just so you know, is, is we're simulcast to a, a, a radio station there, a sports radio station here in New York. And, uh, you know, the nights that the show is being replayed, what we'll do is, you know, coming out of the commercial breaks and things, that, you know, that plug will come on and, and people will say, oh, geez, all right, well, I'm listening to, you know, Giant Yankees and Mets, but, hey, it's a wrestling show and so-and-so's on and, oh, or, you know, he wrote a great book. Or, oh, they're a wrestler. Or, they're this, they're that. And, it gives them, you know, entices them to, to listen back to the show uh, a little bit more and helps our playback, helps your promotion, yada, yada. Um, but, Icon, um, this sounds to me like something that I think if he would be willing to set up another one of those special shows for, like we have with DDP uh, and, and them coming, because this, this is a, a topic that we've often pondered and debated on this show and, and talked about, and I, I think it's a topic where, I, I mean, I know I have probably a full front and back loose leaf piece of paper uh, about this. And I know when we have two other guests on and things, we obviously, you know, our, our father Tom is not on our side. Uh, but 
definitely, definitely would like to possibly set something up for that because I, I have an awful lot of questions. Because I just a background on me, I, I grew up watching WCW because my aunt down in Florida actually uh-huh. knew Hulk Hogan or, or Terry Bollea, and I grew up watching WCW first. And then, you know, when I started school and, you know, started, you know, uh, getting into late elementary, early middle school, everyone was telling me, oh, you got to watch, you know, Stone Cold and Rock and Undertaker. And, oh, did you see that Austin did this and Austin? I'm like, who? who?" I go, I just watched it last night. Who are you talking about? You know? And then all of a sudden I realized that there were two wrestling programs and uh, I started watching, you know, WWF and and it was was game over from there uh, for me anyway. Uh, but mo- mostly because of Jim Ross, and, and that's that's a story for another time. But, um, but yeah, I kind I definitely think that this would be something that if, if he'd be willing that to set it up and have like an exclusive interview type of thing. Because I know I have a, a buttload of questions. Well, uh, well, let me ask you this, RD. Would you be willing to uh, do a special uh, show just uh, with you and uh, uh, and uh, we could have you on for uh, an hour, hour and a half or so? Would you be willing to do that? Sure, I can I can do that. We can set that up. That's not a problem. Okay. Well, what I'll do then is I will uh, I will uh, uh, I will uh, me- send you a message on Messenger. We'll discuss it. Yeah, and you then, do the, uh, you do the behind the scenes thing. Yeah, I got yeah, you. And, well, uh, here's I am, and I'm serious. Oh. I would I would like to be on your show at least once. That way, I can say that my century is complete. Oh, there you go. There you go. I I, I will get back with you on that. I actually I. Uh, I host that with someone else, so I, I have to figure out the the timing and everything on that. Our timing well, sure, on our just shows whatever. is insane. So. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally dig it. Yep. But now, uh, now, Icon, do you ever notice that when they used to they used to have things that they didn't like in WCW, the crowd they used to flood the ring with toilet paper and beer cups and and you know they really gave you that heel moment of the crowd booing and throwing the stuff. WWE never really had that, and I think personally they had some of the best heels of all time over there, uh, especially during that time period. Um, but what do you think defined WCW more? The the raw, almost mainstream yet underground appeal that it had with, you know, again, all the beer cups and, uh, and the toilet paper and, and just that sort of sort of uh, uh, independent feel it had to it? Or do you think it was the Goldbergs, the DDPs, the Hogans, the the heroes that were so high in WCW at the time? I mean, which one do you think really, when you think back at WCW, uh, you know, which one do you think of more? You know what well, I, I think, think of was... Go ahead. Go ahead. It was your, it's your question. Well, I, was gonna, ahead. I, I was going to say, I think what defined WCW was not any, it wasn't the NWO. It wasn't, you know, the best, uh, you know, the best uh, characters they had, the best the best wrestlers they had. What defined WCW was Nitro. And I go all, I go back to those early Nitros. The thing you have to keep in mind, keep in mind is before Nitro hit, I mean, we were getting very, not good television from the WWF. I mean, Raw's you would be getting like, you know, uh, yeah. Raw was in a ball. You would get, you know, it was in like, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. It was it was small, and it was also something where you weren't getting any kind of you weren't getting storylines you could really sink your teeth into. 
you weren't getting, you know, high end matches. I mean, you were you were still getting jobber matches like you'd see on a 1980s, yeah. you know, mid 80s superstars taping, and you were getting and you were getting tape tape shows. I mean, four weeks in a row when Bischoff did that first Nitro. I mean, he threw every rule out the window. He had major stars wrestling other major stars. He had surprise appearances, Lex Luger showing up on the first Nitro. And people were like, whoa, what is, what is this? This looks nothing like a wrestling show. You're, you're, this is live, and you're doing these big matches with these major names wrestling each other. You're not having squash matches. You're having real main event matches. It was like <clears throat> what made – it was kind of what made – uh, Saturday night's main event, so big back in the back in the eighties. You would on you know Superstars or Wrestling Challenge or whatever you know NWA show was there was at the time. I mean it was primarily squash matches, but on a Saturday night's main event, you would get Hogan versus Orndorff. You'd get Hogan versus Bundy. You would get you would get Hogan wrestling period, which was was huge because he did not wrestle. It because he, he was such a special attraction. But what Bischoff did, then did with Nitro is he, had, he was giving you that every single Monday night. You were getting that live. You were getting big-name big matches, and you were getting surprises. You didn't know what was going to happen on Nitro. It, and it was, it was, you know, he would mock uh, the WWF whenever their shows were taped. And in doing so, he forced Vince's hand – and so that is why, to this day, we still get Raw live every Monday night, right? That right, would have never exactly. happened. That would have never happened. You know, happened. I was at the first. I was at the first Nitro in the Mall of America. As a matter of fact. Uh, oh, was, I'm so jealous. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I uh, I saw Luger uh, come uh, from the back. I was uh, I was sitting right under the great train store sign at the time. Awesome. I always I love that mall because they like had stores that just sold flags and stuff. That was amazing. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's it's a great place. Uh well I'll tell and you what Icon, I think we have I think we have a second guest down, but I got one more quick yeah. question and then and then we'll let him go because it's six eight two I believe. Is that the second guest? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, okay, so so I, I know, you know, we're pressed for time, so I'll get them on, but I guess the last question would be, was it absolutely essential for one of these two companies to win out and be the solo company, or do you think it would be they'd be able to have a WCW and a WWE today? Like, can you imagine a world with both today, or was it absolutely quintessential that one of these won out? Well, the only reason that it was uh, the, the only reason that one won out was because the other was mismanaged so horribly. Uh, I mean, mm. as I said, you know, had WCW not been losing money hand over fist, they could have easily still been around. It, 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 at the end of the day, what killed WCW? You know, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the book. Yeah is a man named Jamie Kellner came in and he was running all of, uh, all of Turner's, um, you know, programming. And he just decided we have this company that's losing money and I don't want to have pro wrestling on my, on my television. 
And that's what, I mean, there's what did away with WCW. But if WCW wouldn't have been losing money like they were, they, there's no way they would have. There's no way they, they would have shut it down. They would have sold it to somebody else. They would have sold it, sold it to Bischoff. And he may have been able to make a run for it, you know. And, and Bischoff was a genius. I mean, look what he did with WWE. I mean, Bischoff, Bischoff was, was amazing. And Bischoff, I think, was a better understood wrestling better than Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon was just more of a businessman. So, but anyway, like I said, I can go on for, for, you know, weeks on this topic. So, um, I mean, I, I can't, I'm good for now. I don't want to spoil too many questions for the next, you know, exclusive show and whatnot. So, but. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, uh, RD, I'll get a hold of you and then we'll have you on again. And, uh, we appreciate you taking your time out of your schedule and, uh, can't wait for your next book, buddy. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's a blessing to be able to talk with you guys. You guys have a great night. Or, or as you as well. Thank you. Say, we'll talk to you later, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, bro. We got you. <laughs> talk to you later. Thanks, bud. All right, Icon. Second guest is on. I have Yankee pregame. You have your introduction to or postgame, rather. You have your introduction to do. Hit it. Ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is our second to bat another night, and she is a hot to bat in that bat. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and only, if I were a carpenter, she were a lady, and she is, ladies and gentlemen, Baby D, Stacy Carpenter. Hey, how are you? I'm good. What's up, guys? Now, tell me, was that not the coolest introduction you've ever had? It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. But I awesome. did have a good introduction this weekend, too, so I'm just saying. All right, so I have some competition. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, now that I... I don't know, I can't. They might have your beat. Who knows? Yeah. Well, now that I've got uh, you introduced, uh, what we like to do is we like to have uh, the guests kind of give us a little uh, a background about them, and then uh, we'll let you do that. Then we'll ask you some questions and uh, go to it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um... Personally or wrestling-wise? Wrestling-wise. <laughs> who are you working with, that kind of stuff? All right. Um, well, right now, like, I just finished up. We did uh, my partner, my tag partner, Phoebe. We did we defended our titles this past weekend at Sabotage Wrestling in Austin, Texas, for taking it back. So that was fun. Um, I do wrestle a lot at for MPX there in Bedford. My next few upcoming shows is going to be VIP Wrestling in Arlington. Don't call it a comeback. Then we also got Kansas City coming up where we'll defend the Sabotage titles at both of those events. Um, so I have several events coming up and several different awesome things going on as far as wrestling-wise, along with a few other shows in San Antonio coming up. So quite a few amazing shows going on as far as wrestling-wise. I've been wrestling for a few years now as Baby D, but I have been wrestling for several years since then. I'm third-generation wrestler. Well, that's cool. You know, and eventually you have to hook us up with your tag team partner because uh, you gals wearing those belts around your waist, I'll tell you what, that is probably the hottest tag team I've ever seen. But anyway, now, on to the on I'm to just the saying, like, question. she loves – oh, she loves Go doing ahead. podcasts just as much as I do, so – well, can you hook us up with her? Yeah, I'll hook her. I'll hook you up with her. Awesome. Okay. 
Now, um, when you uh, when you uh, wrestle, would you say that uh, are you a uh, babyface? Are you a heel? Are you an in betweeny? Or do you let the crowd wherever you're at decide what you are? Well, you can say that I'm a baby face because everybody loves a little sexy in their life. Definitely. And uh, you definitely have uh, the magnet hotness going on there. Definitely. How long have, well, uh, you. How long have you, uh, how long have you um, uh, been wrestling for your current company? Um, well, Sabotage, I started wrestling there a year ago in May. Well, that was when they had their first show in Austin. But I've been at MPX for two, three years now. I've had I've held every title there. Um, their like prospect title, which is kind of like their Money in the Bank type title. Um, I've held the tag titles there and the main heavyweight title. So, in all in all, how many titles would you say that uh, you've uh, collected over the years? Five. Five titles. Wow. And you mm-hmm. you said you are currently the tag team champions, correct? Yeah, for Sabotage. And now for people that don't realize this, uh, I had her booked as a guest before they went for the tag team title. So we're going to add that to our collection of 100. Get this. We are amazing. 137 and 0 right now. So that is cool. So... When you're uh, when you're wrestling with uh, your tag team partner, now do you guys uh, do you guys each have your own finishers, uh, or do you have a, uh, a tag team uh, finisher that you guys that you gals do? Well, um, so this past weekend was our first time defending them, uh, defending the titles, and we we're we're kind of still working out the kinks as far as exactly what we're gonna do as far as finishes go. We uh, this weekend we finished with a pop up power bomb with a um, with me landing a I've been with me taking PB and doing a massive splash to the, our opponent. So we're not sure what we're going to call that yet, but we're working on names. Well, maybe you could call it the uh, the iconic drop. The iconic drop, possibly we could we possibly could do that. Cool. Or at least call it that once, and if they uh, if they ask you who the icon is, then you can go through the whole five-hour story that I told you before I booked you on as a guest. But, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, that's uh, that's uh, Granny Hulkster laughing in the background there. Uh, she's got a few questions for you, too, so uh, uh, go ahead, Granny. What do you got? Well, hello there. Uh, my name's Granny Hulkster. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a huge fan of independent wrestling. I know you talked a lot about Texas. I have a lot of wrestling family. I mean, I'm not related to any, but they I can still consider them family that wrestle a lot of the, in the Texas area. I have a lot of friends that wrestle down there. Um, what I guess, what has been your most challenging match, I guess, whether it be singles or in a tag team? I've wrestled a few, uh, few people that are – they have what I would say a name to behind them, but my most challenging match and probably my favorite match was when I wrestled Mia Yim last uh, May. Awesome. Now you won that match, right? Um, well, it broke down into a tag match, 
So it was we we got we kind of got jumped in the middle of our singles match, but it was a very challenging match because like it was my first time wrestling a a name, and then like so I had like that coming in the will to to make sure I impress that person and make sure I did a good job. But not only that, but like I wanted to make sure that she knew, hey, I can I can hold my ground as well. <clears throat> Now, uh, you mentioned that uh, you guys do a, a, a pop-up power bomb. Now, uh, for those uh, who uh, who listen to the show know my uh, disdain and uh, hate for uh, Kevin Owens, and I've seen how you guys do it, and you guys do it 150% better than he does, than Kevin Owens does. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, you guys are more attractive, too. Uh, of course, that's uh, that's beside the point. But anyway, so uh, when you uh, when you uh, decided to uh, get into uh, wrestling, uh, did you uh, did you go to a wrestling school? Did you uh, ask somebody to train you? Or did you go to some classes? How did uh, how did you get your start in that? Well, my grandfather and my mother wrestled, so I've been around wrestling my whole life. And then my, um, in 07, well, 05, actually, I told my grandfather that I really wanted to wrestle, and he had already kind of got out of the business. He, you know, he's older and couldn't get around very well. And so we got we got caught up with the school, what is now called League of Lions in Marshall, Texas. So I started training there, and then I finished training at Killer Tim Brooks's, which was NAWA. At that time. Oh, okay. Now, uh, how many? Uh, how long did you train before you had your first match? I, unlike most people, I trained three months and then I had my first match. Most people train at least six months to a year. Now, was it one of those uh, one of those, one of those things like after your three months training, you say? Uh, I'm ready to go. I, I'm here. Let's do this. Or did they did they kind of like kind of like get pushed into? It? Well, for my for my ask point, like I um, I started whenever I hit my three month mark. I had my first match. I wrestled and stuff. I just wrestled for that company. I only wrestled for that company. And then in 2007, I decided that I wanted to go to college, get an education. You know that I wanted to pursue wrestling, but I also wanted to pursue an education in nursing prior to that. So I decided that, and then I came back to wrestling in 2013. So then, whenever I went to Killer Tim Brooks's and I finished doing some training, polishing up things, getting better in the ring, and adding adding you know characters and developing the whole baby D, then that's when I kind of started branching out and like, okay, hey, I can go here. I want to go here. And then over the last two years is when I've really started getting other bookings outside of MPX. Okay. Now you have correct me if I'm wrong on the on the time frame, but uh, you uh, have a, uh, an event coming up on April 28th, don't you? Yeah, that was this past Saturday. Right. Right. Now uh, on that uh, on that event. You know, you mentioned that you won the uh, tag team champions. Now, I'm I'm kind of looking at the poster here, and uh, I don't know if you're able to do this or not, but uh, 
uh, I, you know, you guys, uh, you guys all work for the the same company, and everything. Uh, are you able to hook us up with uh, any of the gals that are on this poster? Um, well, Phoebe for sure, because she's my tag partner. But the other girls, like, you might want to reach out to them. I'm not really, I don't really kind of be like, hey, let's do this or hey, let's do that. Uh, but Phoebe well, for sure, like, uh, like I said. Well, if you could give me her name, and the one I'm looking at, uh, she's uh, wearing like a uh, like a blue top and like a pink sweatband. Uh, who is that? Um, I'm not. I'm not looking at the picture right now. I'm driving. Blue top. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not really sure off the top of my head. <laughs> I have to look. Right, I'll well, send you a private hey, message then. Okay, well yeah, it's it's on your uh it's on your uh it's on your Facebook page. Uh yeah, she's she's in the she's in the back top, the uh uh right top right hand corner. Or left hand corner, sorry. Uh if you could text me your name I'd I'll uh, reach out to her. Uh so anyway now when you uh when uh you uh have uh, your next show, uh when is your next show? My next show is this Friday at uh, MPX with May the Force Be With You. Okay. And you're uh, now are you you're you're going are you defending your tag team championships on that one or are you doing singles? No, it'll be a. I'm actually going to do a four way match for what the for a title what what they're calling we call it, MPX has like what they call the they call their fans MPX addicts. So it's going to be like a fan title. Like the fans are going to be the one that decides who that that champion's going to wrestle at the show. So okay. of course the title can still change hands like normal, but it's a new title that's coming to the company, and it'll only be defended on Friday night shows. Hmm. Okay, so, so you guys will be so you'll be uh, wrestling the show once a week. Well, I always wrestle that show every Saturday pretty much already, but they have one Friday show a month, so it's going to be just subjected. That title be just subjected to the Friday show. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, now, whether whether it was a win or a loss. Oh, sorry. I kind of didn't mean to step on you there. Okay. There's a lot of bad well, said, stuff coming here when you come on to it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Hang on a second. Hang on. Well, anyway, he's, he's doing double Is that better? Still. Yeah, that's a little better. Okay, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm at the radio station doing doing double here. So, um, no, I was just say, is there a moment in your wrestling career where, uh, you know, it's memorable to you? Is there something you look back on, whether it's a win or a loss, because both can be memorable, that you that you remember as maybe your favorite moment or a moment that sticks out to you the most that you've experienced? As a wrestler. Well, I think it has to be the medium match that I talked about earlier. Like that match right there is like really my highlight, my highlight of my career so far. Now, do you uh, okay. do you, uh, do you uh, uh, refer to uh, do uh, singles and 
over tag team or tag team over singles, or is it basically uh, like a 50-50? I think it would be 50-50. Like, I really like the uh, person I'm tagging with right now, so I wish that we could defend the title, like, all the time, those titles all the time, because, like, we have so much um, character together, and then we are we fill each other out. Like, she knows what I'm about to do. I know what she's about to do type of situation. But I do like I do like wrestling singles as well. All right, and now uh, so you 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 have been multi champion for whether it be tag team or uh, another title. You have uh, held multiple championships at the same time, haven't you? Um, no, I have not held multiple champions uh, championships at the same time. I've just ha- held several different types of belts but mainly for different okay. company. Okay. Now, do you ever... Uh, uh, now, I've, I've always been curious, and uh, we've had a lot of different uh, independent wrestlers that have uh, held championships, and a lot of uh, different companies are uh, have different uh, feelings in this regard. Now, when, you, uh, when you're at a company... Do you uh, do you have to uh, lead the belt with the promoter, or do they let you take it with you, or uh, how does how do your promotions handle that? Um, it just depends. Really, it just depends on the promotion. Like um, one person, one promoter, a promotion when I was a champion there, they they wanted like a deposit for somebody to take the belt with them because you know if something comes up and the belt gets lost or stolen then it's on them to replace it, you know, and belts can be very expensive. So it just, it really just depends on the promotion. Okay. Now, we all know, uh, we all, uh, I'm going to ask you this question, and we're going to have you do a little promo thing for us, so we'll come back and ask you a few more questions. Uh, now, we all know that uh, the WWE is what they call the big dance, the big show. Now, uh, a lot of uh, different uh, wrestlers have a lot of different feelings on this. So I want to get your take on this. You know, cause when you go to the WWE, you know, you basically live vicariously through them. You have to do what they tell you. You have to do this. You have to do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Now, if you get a call from the WWE, is that something that you jump at? Or would you just rather stay independent where you control, control your own destiny? Um, I'm not really sure because, like, I think it goes both ways, but I love wrestling so much that I probably would just be, I would be okay with it. Like, I would be willing to change whatever they're asking me to do because I love wrestling that much to do it. So, now, have you, uh, uh, you uh, have you had any uh, trials with them, or uh, are you wanting to do a trial with them in the future? I'm guessing you do. No, I mean... I'm not, I haven't had a tryout or anything, but if they contacted me, if they ever contacted me, cool. I'm not, you know, I'm not pushing it one way or another. Like, I'm not saying, hey, I'm going to go do this. I'm just, I'm content, I guess you could say. Well, and the other cool thing is, you know, when, uh, you know, because with, with the drive that you have, and I, you know, I've been reading your profile and stuff that you've done, uh, when you do, uh, if you do get to that point that uh, you'd be willing to come back on with us uh, and, uh, you know, be our, uh, still be our friend and uh, let us know that uh, uh, you're still here and you're still willing to talk with us when you get to the big show. 
Yeah, no problem. I mean, I don't mind. I like doing podcasts. It doesn't bother me at all. Awesome. Cool. Now, uh, one thing that we're going to have you do here real quick, uh, and we're going to have you do a little promo for us. I'll let you know how this works. Uh, basically, you'll, uh, you'll state your name. Uh, you'll say, uh, hey, you're listening to the Attitude Air Live with the icon and the big swing and uh, Randy Hulkster. And, uh, and then you can say whatever else you want. And uh, I'll charge you down from five. And then if we have to do a couple things, we'll do that. Then we'll come back and ask you a few more questions. And then we'll go from there. Okay, so your the podcast name again. I apologize about that. It could you cut out a little bit. Attitude Air Live. With the icon. All right. The big swing icon, and Granny Holster. Big swing and Granny Holster. Got it. Yep. All right, ready? Here we go. Ready? Five. All four, right. Three. Two. One. Hey, this is Baby D, and you're listening to the Attitude Error with Hulkster and Granny and I can't remember the last person. Icon. I'm sorry. But I hope you, you enjoyed the video. You forgot the Icon. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. No, she said it. She said, she, she, she said it. She said it. She just said you laughed, Icon. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fine. But. See, the only thing, Baby D, the, the sad thing is because you said my name last, it's going to be harder for me to edit those guys out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, uh, now, if uh, our fans wanted to check you out and follow you, do you have uh, do you have a Facebook? Do you have Instagram? Do you have a Twitter? Do you have a YouTube? What do you got out there? Well, uh, Facebook right now is Stacy Carpenter because somebody wanted to report my name being Baby D, Baby D. I'm just saying, like somebody really reported that. Come on, Facebook people, let's not be that childish. And then, but, so Stacy Carpenter, that's S T H Y. And then um, you can catch me on Instagram at, at babyd2017 or Twitter at babyd2017. Cool. Now, when uh, you, uh, you you know you mentioned you wrestled uh, every week. Uh, you uh that that's kind of a strenuous schedule. Do you uh it, when you when you wrestle every week do you go from you stay at like one promotion for a month and you go to the next one or you go from place to place to place to place? How do you usually keep that straight? Well it, it just depends like for like instance for May I have um well May is tomorrow, wow. So um so this coming weekend I have MPX all three days all three, all three weeks, like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, because they're doing a, they're doing their Friday show plus their normal Saturday show plus they're running like a little private birthday party event. Then the following week I have VIP in Arlington and the Kansas, and then the following week after that MPX and I don't remember where else. Then you got TCW and Colleen. So they're like I just go everywhere. Like it doesn't matter to me. Like I'm just gonna drive to the show and then do my show and drive back because I'm a champ like that. So uh, how, how many different miles do you uh, you put on when you're uh, doing all your shows? Well, let's see here. I got this car that I'm driving right now in December of last year, and it had 99. No. Wait, I'm sorry, I lied. 138,000 miles, and it's now at 147,000 miles. 
Man, talk about uh, talk about being being everywhere. And uh, you know, I kind of uh, I kind of uh, mentioned the uh, the the song. I don't know if you, you like it or not, but uh, with the last name Carpenter, you gotta you gotta like that song. If I were a carpenter, I've heard it a little bit. Awesome. I've heard it a little bit. All right. Yeah, trust me, you don't want me to sing it because uh, we we want to keep our ratings up, and me singing will not uh, will lower that. So we want to keep those up. But anyway, so uh, real quick here, uh, we got a few uh, we got a few more minutes here. Uh, we we got to do the ego questions because uh, I forgot on our last guest. Now uh, the icon made you a uh, cool collector's car. Was that not the coolest thing you ever had, or what? I'm sorry. What now? I apologize again. That uh, that that collector's card that I made for you was that not awesome or what? Oh yeah, that was really awesome. I was I was actually showing the guy that's riding with me the picture of uh, the picture that you sent me. So that was really cool. I really did like that. And then, uh, do you think you might be able to send us some autographs for giveaways for our fans? Yeah. All right. Well, what I'll do is uh, uh, after after the show's done tonight, I'll send you the address where to send them to. Uh, if you could uh, spare five, uh, I'm planning a big uh, December show, and uh, that would go along perfect with that. Well, perfect, then. We'll do that. We'll take care of it for you. And then, uh, then uh, are you going to pass my number to your tag team partner, or are you just going to have a message? I am message going you? to do that for you. I'm going awesome. to do that for you. I will see her. I will see her on Wednesday, but I will send her a message. Okay, and then I think you also uh, promised to drop the restraining order that you have on me if I stop calling you two in the morning, correct? Yes, that's correct. I did. I did say that I would drop the restraining order. There you go, because you know I got uh, I got more restraining orders than Goldberg had wins. So you know, anyway. Oh, good so, lord! Guys, really? Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so you guys heard it here. She's dropping the lawsuit. I appreciate that. But anyway, well, I bet you uh, have, that uh, feels pretty good for you then, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baby D, is there anything else you want to uh, mention before we uh, before we cut you loose and uh, so you can uh, get to your next destination? Oh, shout out to uh, to Hillface Radio because they are a podcast just like y'all, and they're really good. So I always have to put them over just as much as I put over everybody else. Well, and we hope that uh, the next time you're on their podcast, you give us a shout-out, too. All right. I got you. I always do a shout-out with them. I always do it. I'm awesome. always on their podcast. I love them so much. All right, cool. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll uh, let you get back on the road, and we thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us, and uh, we'll definitely have you on again, and uh, maybe you can uh, join your tag team partner the next time she's on. Oh, yes, for sure, for sure. Thank you, guys. Awesome. We appreciate it, Baby D. Thank you. Bye. All right. That was Baby D, ladies and gentlemen. Stacy Carpenter. Okay. So that was pretty good. Uh, our next guest should be calling in. We're just going to keep rolling on to these. Uh, uh, Anthony, uh, uh, I've, I've always had trouble pronouncing his last name because it's like all C's and A's and S's. So uh, he'll be calling us shortly. Uh, real quick here, while we're waiting for our next guest, uh, I gotta say, uh, I was uh, kind of uh, keeping tabs on the Finn Balor 
uh, yeah. Seth Rollins match, and that is the best match I've seen on Monday Night Raw for a long time. Well, they're that both phenomenal awesome. athletes. They're both phenomenal athletes and phenomenal superstars. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, those matches are like some of the good ones back in the old day with two of the top stars. I mean, they're entertaining. I, you know, it's just it's just sad that uh, you know. Uh, Finn Balor has to be a heel now, you know. I mean, I guess, I guess you got to do something. I mean, I mean, yeah, but two faces fighting and two heels fighting. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same thing. I mean, wrestling is is set up around the heel and the face. I mean, that's always been the case. Um, but hey, I have um the third guest here on. So, uh, this is rapid fire tonight. Not a lot of talking in between here, but if you would like, I will have you do your third introduction, and we. Should have a little bit of time left to talk raw at the end of the night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is our final combatant of the night. He is the guy that brings a pain in the neck to the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you, without further ado, Anthony Lacasio. How are you doing, my man? Close. That was close. That was very close. Lucasio, but that's fine. But very close. Lucasio. How you doing, yeah, there man? you go. I'm okay. My my voice is a little hoarse. I uh, I'm I'm just coming back from uh, the uh, the show that uh, I do with Crimson in uh, near Nashville, trying to pro. Uh, he opened a school or whatever, so I'll come down here a couple nights a week or whatever. Because even though I, you know, on the Indies I was mainly a manager, uh, I was trained fully in the ring for multiple reasons. You know, respect to your peers and pay a physical price and all that kind of shit. You, I'm sorry if I swore. Can I swear on here? No, that's, no, that's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah that's okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, I, I have a job button. We're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll try not to. I'm sorry. I'm originally from Cleveland. I got a little, little, little bit of that. But, uh, um, well, being from Cleveland, now that you got, uh, now that you got uh, uh, Mayfield, uh, you guys might do uh, something in the, in the football uh, arena. No, I, I grew up a Steelers fan, actually. Uh, oh, well, that's good. In, in in the late 70s, when I was like four or five, and me and Joe and uh, Jack Lambert and all them, I didn't have an idea that I lived in Northeast Ohio and had to like the Browns. And the Steelers were on TV a lot because Pittsburgh's an hour and a half away. Same division. They were on – back then, they only put people on TV that were good or local. And that's right. the only reason I liked football. I loved Franco Harris, and I loved Joe Green, and you know what I mean? So then – by the time they were bad, I had ten years invested, and I, you know, it was <laughs> I was already I was already a fan, so I couldn't kick out when they got Bubby Brister. I just had to uh, I had to uh, suffer, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, some rough years being after Bradshaw. Ohio, you, being from Ohio, you should know this. O H I O. I'm gonna guess. There you go. Uh, yep. there I you will go. say I will say this: that Cleveland is kind of its own thing. And we 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 don't really have a lot in common with the rest of Ohio. I'm not really sure why, but we just don't kind of have our own thing. So I only became aware of that OH thing recently. Like when I, I lived in Knoxville for a few years before I moved to Nashville, and they're really big into college sports there. So I would drink at sports bars, and there's a lot of transplants, you know, there. And and that's when I became right. aware of that. But Cleveland's kind of weird. We have more co- in common with with Detroit and Pittsburgh than we do with like Columbus. It's it's really <laughs> weird, but it's kind of what it is. We're kind of our own deal. You know what I mean? I don't know what, uh, awesome. but I've been gone from there from uh, probably '06, and I I only go up on occasion to hang at uh, some absolute intense wrestling shows, 
you know, uh, awesome. go up and see, 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 hang with those guys. And then I, I went to the J lit last year and I stole a couple of, I didn't steal them, but I asked Johnny if I could have a couple of trainees to come down to, um, to TNT and work and uh, like Trey Lamar and Chase Oliver and Josh Bishop, and Brian Carson. Cause they were all really good. I was like, this is their first match. You know, it was ridiculous. So I had to, I had to bring some down to, uh, to Nashville and it's slowing down a little bit. So guys cool out on the red side, full boogie, uh, uh, <laughs> mania, you know, you can walk and talk if you want or whatever, you know, you can slow down. We're in Nashville, you know, but so it's good, so, you know, it's good. So as a, uh, as a, you said, you're mostly, you most of you managerial stuff. Now, uh, are you a mm-hmm. baby face? Are you a heel? Are you an in-betweeny or do you let the fans decide what you are? No, I tell them what I am. I'm I'm a complete douche. Um, okay. So there's, there's, there's no gray area. Um, at all, and I don't, you know, I, I never really, I don't, I don't really dig uh, face managers too much. I, we, I could never do it. I, growing up, I was naturally a heel anyway, as I've been told from some of my older friends. I was the one who always have to fight up. So, um, I just, uh, I would have, I prefer I would people have to fun. not like me. I would have fun giving this guy lots of grief. And let me introduce myself to you. My name is Granny Holkster, and I'm not a wrestler, but I'm a huge fan. And my job at independent wrestling shows that I go to, I live here in Arkansas, is I give the bad guys lots and lots and lots of grief. Even bad guy managers lots of grief. So I would have fun playing with you. Old Arkansas, you may have given me grief before. I used to, me and... uh... My friend Sean Schultz, who, who retired recently because of his neck, but okay. we used to travel okay. to. I got, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I got a question. I got a question <laughs> to ask you. I got a question to ask okay. you because I thought that name sounded familiar. Uh huh. Were you and Sean Schultz at a wrestling show at the All Star Sports Arena in Springdale, Arkansas, and Sean Schultz wrestled against Matt Riviera? Oh yeah, 2009. We did the powder and, finish. Yeah, yeah. And you, I threw the powder and you were dressed, and you and were, and you were dressed, yeah. and you were dressed in this funky little plaid suit. I think it was like a red yeah. plaid suit. And your hair was all <laughs> yeah. it looked like a bird. It looked like a bird's nest. Because yeah. I was at yeah. that show. Now, now, that was before Granny Holkster was ever thought of. But okay. I remember that show because <laughs> I came down there, and Matt Riviera. He pointed to his cheek, and I kissed him on his cheek. And Sean, Sean Schultz says, Matt Riviera, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, you kissing and hugging on those obese women. And I said, excuse me, obese is something that I'm not, and your little manager, his mama dresses him funny. I remember that, that show because that's where I first met Sean Schultz and Matt Riviera and Tim Storm and – because yeah. when TCW was running, I became queen of TCW. You know, I had my yeah. own Granny Holster shirt, queen of TCW. I thought you sounded familiar. Yeah, that was like 2009 or something. Ember Moon used to work those shows. Remember, she was Athena. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I remember mm-hmm. that show mm-hmm. you're talking about because we Matt mm-hmm. dug the powder. I gave it to Sean. He DDT'd me thinking it was Matt and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was good, mm-hmm. good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good, good time. time. So you, you have given me grief. <laughs> yes, I have. Well, I have. Now, there's, yeah, one, thing, there's one thing i got to ask you, because uh, when I was uh, making uh, the, you know, I made that uh, cool collector's card for you. I liked it. Now, uh, I was trying to find a picture of you 
without that stupid neck brace on. What is the deal with that? Well, Jeff Jarrett hit me with a guitar in, uh, I want to say, 2016. I think it was 2016. Um, and uh, and so uh, I guess I, I've been, I've, they're, they're claiming that I'm milking it, but, you know. Uh, we knew, well, we know new things about neck injuries now we didn't used to, and, you know, every once in a while you get jarred a little bit and it gets re-injured. <laughs> now, do you, do you still have contact with uh... – you still have contact with Double J? I mean, I don't talk to him every day, but I mean, uh, you know, um, you, he was you at our last TNT show. You yeah. think you can hook me up with him or hook him up with me? For what? Like a podcast or something? Yeah. Uh, I could ask him, but. Uh, well, that'd be cool. He, yeah. Well, no, that's, I don't uh, see him as regularly as I used to, but I mean, I you know, I could ask him, I guess. I mean. Well, what's what's the harm, right? What's he going to say? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Well, just tell him. Uh, you know, uh, it's you know he's on the icon. He'd be on with the icon, and uh, okay. J E double F J A R E double T double J Jeff Jarrett. Ha ha ha! You know, it makes my neck hurt when I hear it. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> okay, yeah. so now. Uh, since you're, since you're uh, the, the probably the coolest independent wrestling manager there is out there today, next to uh, Sylvester Fox, I got to give my okay. kudos to him. How many uh, how many guys do you manage, or how many are in your faction? Well, right now it, it's just the, it's the powerhouse Pisons, which is Tony Kazina and uh, Pasquale and uh, Trey Lamario. Um, and that's really it right now because I'm not, uh, I'm not full-time on the road. Like I used to be like back when, uh, you know, I met granny in, in 09 back then it was, it was mostly Sean, but there was an, any number of guys that would be in the car with us that, that uh, it seemed like I had 10 people at that time. And, 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 uh, <laughs> but right now, um, right now I'm not as quite as active as I used to be. Um, and so I mainly, uh, mainly just uh, the Paisans is what we've been doing mostly. And uh, and we all live different. Well, Pasquale lives in Nashville too, but Casina's uh, out of St. Louis. But, uh, you know, I've got a lot of – I've got a, a ton of stuff uh, going on too because I still work for, you know, Shop Impact's web store. And I got – I've started uh, the – I've helped start the uh, the Demon Bunny website with Rosemary and Allie. It's called demonxbunny.com. Uh, where we produce all kinds of, you know, T-shirts and, and lunch boxes and you name it, you know, is what kind of what we pump out. So I've been doing a lot of different, I've had my hands on a lot of different things. So I'm not quite uh, quite as active as I used to be. So right now it's just the Paisans. Or if I really want to get on a show, I'll just say, hey, can I manage him? <laughs> you know. Well, but, uh, well maybe, uh, you can, uh, maybe you can eventually hook us up with the Paisans. Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, maybe Tony Kazina. Tony Kazina has been around forever. Uh, Pasquale's a little oh. more younger in the game, and so's uh, uh, Trey Lamario. But Kazina's been around forever, and he's been all over the place, and uh, well, and he's still well, all over the place, which is crazy. So yeah, I could I could hook up, get up old uh, TK, the uh, St. Louis assault rifle, with you. Um, um, he, I'm sure he's got some crazy stories because that brother's been everywhere, and he's been around forever. So probably and, twenty some uh, years. You know what I mean? How long have you, How long have you been in the business now? 
Um, I started late. I was actually like 31 when I started, but I was in great shape. So I, I got trained so I wouldn't, you know, miss finishes and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, uh, probably what, what year is it? 2018. So I don't know. It was 13 years, maybe something like that. It's kind of blended together because I was on the Indies real heavy, uh, back in like Oh six and all that. You, you could work like five days a week at the time. Now you weren't going to make any money till the weekend, but there were Tuesday shows in Knoxville. There were Wednesday shows in Evansville, Indiana. There was Thursday, you know what I mean? So you would just work all the time and pick up side hustles or, you know, or I, I, uh, I, I was a big uh, DVD bootlegger <laughs> at the time and, you know, worked the gimmick table. And so, you know, I was doing that a lot. And then um, I had gotten uh, uh, hired to do live events merchandise with TNA at the time when they were on the road touring. So 11 to 14 is a blur because I was always on the road and I was always gone. And then it slowed down a little bit, and then I started doing all kinds of other stuff. And, uh, you know, we'd try to do a lot of conventions and work in the web store here and maybe freelance work here, there, you know. And so it was like it's really been a blur. It feels like it's been about 10 minutes um, at sometimes. And then other times it seems like it's been 20 years. But I, I think, in fact, it's been about 13. So now do you, uh, do you have uh, – do you usually work a show once a month, once a week, once every other week, once every other month? How often do you uh, how often do you get out there? Um, anymore, it's kind of I mean sometimes it could be five times a month, and other times it might be two times a month. It, it's drastically different than when I started. It was you know five or six days a week, from Tuesday Knoxville, Wednesday Evansville, Thursday Nashville, Friday Saturday wherever the hell, then Sunday Georgia or Sunday Kentucky or you know whatever, and you just kind of work the you know you work all the time. And now it's just slowed down a lot because I'm older and everything hurts more. And, uh, <laughs> and I've just got, you know, I've got other, you know, I, I still, I still do, you know, the shop impact website and I do, I got the demon X bunny website and I help book the TNT pro shows in Nashville and, and doing social media for other stuff. And then I'll get some freelance jobs. So it's merch for Aralucha in Texas, or I'll freelance, uh, um, you know, impact taping or whatever. I'll, you know, be the utility knife or whatever they need you know, the ring, the shuttle, the whatever. So I just kind of, I'm always doing something in wrestling. It's just, I'm not doing as many shows as a performer as I used to, you know what I mean? So I'm still doing a lot of stuff. It's just, uh, it's n- not as much in the ring as it used to be. I hate to cut this short, but I got to give off here because I have an early day tomorrow, but it was good talking to you again. And I mean, you brought back so many good memories when you mentioned Sean Schultz. <laughs> I mean, that just makes it that oh, makes yeah. it fun for me, you know. I mean, just think if Granny would have been born back then, boy, I would have really given you lot, lots more grief than probably what I gave you that night, just as being Lori Burt wrestling fan, you know. So man, you probably would have hit the ring on us. I don't know, you know, Tommy. Well, Tommy Dreamer, you know, when TCW was running the last show that they did, Tommy Dreamer used my fold-up cane on Matt Riviera. During the match. Well, hey, fan participation, you know. That's a, that's well, a yeah, that's fan right. Interaction. Well, well, do you remember Brian Thompson? He's like, Fanny, Granny, this isn't your fans bring your own weapons <laughs> match, and Tommy just took the cane right out of my hand, you know. So I do remember I Brian. Say? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, I do remember yeah. Brian. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, Icon, we'll, uh, we'll we'll catch you next week then. Okay. Have a good week, guys. Thanks, Fanny. Yeah. So like I was saying, um, uh, do, doing shows more frequently at this point almost makes it more fun when I do it. 
Huh, I admit so, it does, uh, though. You probably love being a heel more so than you would love being a face, right? Oh, sure. I don't think I could. I don't know yeah. that I could do. I had to be babyface one time at a, at a, uh, at like a benefit. It was really weird. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I could. I, I guess I could pull it off for a right dollar amount. <laughs> so I just prefer I'm not curious. to. I'm kind of curious. Uh, what, uh, to get hit in the head with a guitar by, uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett, and uh, as you were getting hit with the car, were you able to read the uh, the words "Don't piss me off" on the guitar? Tell us how how that happened. What did you do, or what did he do that made you want to get hit in the head with a guitar? Well, did you uh, him off? he was into it with a local DJ in Clarksville, and they were back and forth, back and forth all the time on the radio, and uh, we, uh, me, and uh, uh, Casina and this other guy Jeremiah Plunkett uh, came out to defend his honor, or so we thought, and uh, we made it a handicap match. And uh, Jeff beat us all up, and and Karen beat me up. And I don't know what happened to the DJ; he just wasn't out there. And the ref said, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's you." So it was me, and uh, I couldn't read it because the guitar completely shattered. I want to say it's my Facebook profile picture still. The car, the it car is. completely I, shattered, I was, I was make and it went. Yeah, it went right because uh, I just, you know, I I did pre-concussion awareness chair shot and just ducked my head and it, it broke all around me. So I couldn't read anything, actually. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, Jeff was not pleased that we tried to jump him and uh, he gave me a, a wicked guitar shot. And, uh, you know, my neck is uh, my neck has been hurt ever since. So uh, basically uh, you uh, wanted to sing uh uh, with my baby tonight and became a smash hit. Well, you know what? That that song had not had its comeback yet at that time. Uh, oh, I, I really attribute the comeback of that song to Pritchard's podcast. I do. Um, and uh, I think it helped anyway. But uh, that song had not, it, it didn't, hadn't made a resurgence yet, I don't think. Maybe it had, but I don't know that it did. So, well, um, I'll tell you what, as a country music fan, I'm always going to love that song. I know it's ridiculous, but that's just me. So, tell us, <laughs> well, that's okay. Tell us when is the when is the next event that you got coming up? Well, uh, for Trying to Pro, we were we originally had something in May, but uh, we had to kick out of it. I forget what happened because that part of it I don't deal with. I just deal with the talent and helping book stuff. But uh, uh, we are going to do a show uh, July twenty first at the Wilma Rudolph Event Center again, and then uh, I've got some other stuff coming up. There's stuff that I have that like. I don't really have a book, but I have, like, reminder things on my phone. I know I have stuff in May coming up. I know May uh, – damn. Maybe May the 12th uh, is the uh, Strawberry Slam in Portland. I'm at that with Pasquale and some others. And then uh, May 18th to 20th, me and myself and Allie are going to represent Demon Bunny at Days of the Dead Convention in North Carolina. And uh, I, I've got stuff coming. I'm just – I'm a horrible promoter myself right now because I can't really – like I said, I came back from that training session. I went to help Plunkett and them a little bit, and uh, I'm surprised at how much of that I remember because I haven't, you know, lock up, headlock, take over, get it again. I, mean, I haven't done that since I trained it. You know what I mean? When a, when a manager's in a match, you don't know what you're doing. So it's like I don't – I probably rest, seriously wrestled maybe five times out of 300. So it's, it's amazing how much that stuff comes back to me. But uh, uh, I'm just uh, – I'm kind of blown up, and I just can't think. But I know I got, I, I got a pretty full May – and I got a decent June, but uh, 
uh, I really can't remember what I got. <laughs> well, I'm terrible well, right I'll now. Tell you what, uh, there's one thing that we're going to have you do real quick uh, uh, before we run out of time. we got about uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes with you. Uh, we're going to have you do a little okay. uh, promo for us. And basically the way it works is you'll say your name, and uh, you're uh-huh. listening to the Attitude Air Live with the icon and the big swing. And uh, you can okay. say whatever else you want, and then I'll count you down for five. We have to do a couple takes. We'll do that, and uh, okay. we'll see what happens. All right? Okay, so it's the uh, uh, Attitude Era Podcast Live with the icon and big what? Say it again? Swing. The big swing. Big swing. I'll try yeah. to hit it one take. All right, here we go. Ready? Five, yep. four, three, two, one. What's up, bro? This is Anthony Lucasio from the Powerhouse Paisans, and you're listening to the Attitude Era podcast with the icon and the big swing, bro. If I endorse it, do you need to really hear anything else? That's what I thought. Awesome. I like that. That's cool. We'll use that. That's great. And he awesome. did it in one take, too. That yeah, awesome. I love to be a one-take wonder. <laughs> he, he, he did it. He, he did do it in one take, which is always nice. Um but uh, but Icon, uh, yeah, I, I've been listening. And, you know, you covered a lot of my questions and things. And again, doing the double duty with the baseball game and the other studio, it's kind of tough. Uh, you know, to to be a hundred percent locked into all of these. But I guess the main thing is what I asked the last guest. Oh, excuse me, what I asked the last guest, and that is, if there's a moment you can look back on uh, throughout your wrestling career or throughout really any career being involved with with the business uh that you either either a loss that sticks with you or a great moment you remember uh what's the most prominent thing that comes to mind when you look back at your, your career here um i would say in recent memory um doing the expedition to gold with the hardy boys uh, being a part of that trip uh, that that's probably that's probably the highest. Well, yeah, I mean the Hardy Boys that, are that, a huge thing. Yeah, the Hardy right. Boys, I, but, that'd be an honor to do with that for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, helping helping uh, JB and them do that uh, was probably the highlight. I would have to say maybe it's because it's so recent because it's only maybe a year or two now, but uh, that was probably my highlight. And just being a part of it, you know what I mean, and helping out. You know. Now, so, um, I was, you know, we all know. We all know that, uh, you know, the, the WWE is the big dance. And uh, I always like to get uh, a lot of wrestlers a take on this because everybody has a different response. Everybody has a cool response. So we'll get yours on this. Now, uh, we all know that, uh, you know, when you get into the WWE, they basically, you know, run your existence. You know, they tell you that you can talk to these people. You can't talk to these people. You have to do this. You can't do this, this, that, whatever. If... Uh, if you had a chance to go to the WWE, is that something that you'd want to do, or would you rather just stay independent where you basically control your own destiny? Uh, I think anybody who says they wouldn't is is lying because it's the pinnacle of the business, regardless of where you work. The Impact Wrestling has paid my bills for the last eight years, but, I mean, it's the pinnacle of the business. You can't say it's not. So I, I think and most people probably grew up watching WWE or a library that they now own, and um, – I think that uh, I mean that's that's where there's the most money to be made and it's the biggest stage. So I, I'd be surprised if people really wouldn't want to uh, wouldn't want to to go there. I just think it's, that that well, would be weird to, to not want to. Well, the thing is with me, you know? the thing is with me is I would rather 
from a fan standpoint, uh, would rather watch TNA or Impact Wrestling. Um, and, and that's just because it had that it had that raw element to it. It had that attitude era feel to it. It had that you know sure. the 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 really great storylines. The in my opinion right. anyway. The, 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 the violence, right. the the everything, the great wrestling. And the thing is with me is like everyone's talking about AJ Styles. Oh, AJ Styles, WWE champion, AJ Styles. I don't like AJ Styles now. I loved AJ Styles with his whole Dixie Carter stalking angel angle in TNA. And right. or in Impact or whatever. You know, I I, sure. I loved it. So right. I was like I was like absolutely absolutely like all about it. So for me, I'm just like I'm just like wow, you know, like uh, Impact is everything that I want WWE to be, and the fact that now unfortunately right. there's been issues with with you know booking and marketing, getting on cable channels and whatnot. Um, that's that's a shame, but but I, I loved it personally. Well, sure, and that's I mean that's what's good about there being multiple places open. Not only does it give people multiple people a place to work, it also gives fans a choice. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, I was just talking strictly from a talent perspective. I think at some point, cause everybody has to move on and try something else at some point, you know, you can stay in one company for a long time and kind of get stagnant. And maybe you want to move on and get a change of scenery and you can always come back to wherever you came from. And you can always, you know, I mean, even when I was young and watched wrestling in the territories, I mean, people jumped around all the time. So it's, and you, you got to get a different flavor. So there's gotta be, there's gotta be different flavors of ice cream for everybody. And you prefer impact, which you know, thank you. That's good. But, you know, I think that most performers would, would want to at least see if they, you know, at, at least see what the big stage is like at some point. But, I mean, Impact, you know, Impact offers a different uh, alternative, just like Ring of Honor does or any other, you know, a- any other promotion that you want to throw out. Um, so, um, I don't know, though. I, I just think as a performer, I would, uh, would want to try. I wa- I'd want to hit them all. I'd want to touch them all. want to hit a home run, touch them all. So, you know, just to, uh, uh, you know, get different perspectives. It's just like on the indies, you know, when you train, regardless of what you're doing, you know, rap wrestler, manager, you know, you you got to get out. You can't stay in the same area. you got to travel. And I, I actually, one of my last big indie trips was uh, up in North Dakota back in 2011 where we worked for, like, uh, Northern Outlaw Wrestling. I think Wade and Mark were the guys who ran it. We did a bunch of shows up there. We had never been up there, so me and Sean wanted to go up there. And we hit Minnesota on the way up, and we had a show in Wisconsin on the way back. And you got to work in front of different people, with different people, for different people, and you know, just kind of be, become more well-rounded. So you kind of just want to get out and there I was, and do a little uh, bit of everything. And I was at that show. I was at that show. Oh yeah, which which one? Cause we did a couple for them. Uh geez, it's been it's been so long. My, uh, but uh, I I do remember seeing you. Was it the and North Dakota you- one? Yeah, not, well, because I'm in North Dakota, and uh, I usually oh, okay. go to a lot of independent. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because I, I, re, I remember, I remember you now because I held my hand out. You wouldn't give me a high five, so I, I, I got, I got this with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, you know, heel. You know what are you gonna do? I mean, that's. Yeah. You know, I remember I made, I made a couple T-shirts at one point just to sell some to some heel fans, but it's like. You know, if you're a heel, you're a heel, and that's what your job is. And you know, it's not to sell shirts or, or you know all that kind of stuff. I mean, if it's you know, little kids are different. You know what I mean? But you dig what I'm saying? Like, I like to be a heel. Um, and I, 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 Sean and I always try to get everybody to not like us immediately. And if you saw the show, you probably remember we probably ring announced ourselves, which always 
you know, would get us heat immediately because right. people would say, and, you know, uh, who are these you, uh, goofballs, you know. If I recall, you made a – uh, back then when I saw you, I weighed uh, 398 pounds. I weigh 198 now. You wouldn't recognize wow. me now. But wow. I, I remember you'd made a, you'd made a comment about, uh, uh, I got two words for you, swim fast. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I didn't – <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I used to be really rude like that, but I I, I didn't mean it. I swear. Uh, but well, hey, you know, at the same time, plays, I could plays. probably tell. I could probably tell that you were a fan who wasn't going to get uptight about it. Because sometimes you could tell just by the look on somebody's face. You know what I mean when they're giving you jib. You can kind of tell this dude's not going to care if I, you know, go go. He's just going to laugh and say something rude to me back or whatever. But uh, I used to be a little well, more actually, reckless I, with what I said, but. Well, no, no, I, I gave you hell the whole match, so that was the funny. Now, uh, now, real quick here, we got we got a few minutes here before uh, we get the time signal. Uh, do you think? Yeah, we got to get a buddy. We have less than that. <laughs> okay. Do you think you might be able to send us some autographs for giveaways? I will uh, on that messenger. Uh, um, give me give me an Addy, and I'll uh, I'll uh, I know TNT has a couple of me, and then uh, I'll I'll try to get you uh, a Demon Bunny one. Um, because that's uh, there's a lot of I'm, I'm doing a lot there now. Demonxbunny.com. Anybody likes Rosemary or Alley, we got a whole merchandise line. But I'll, I'll send real you quick one here, of the girls and one of me. And then real quick here, uh, uh, before we get off, uh, if people want to follow you, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a Twitter. What do you got out there? Yeah, I'm at Tony Lucasio on pretty much everything. Uh, on Twitter, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, TNT Pro is at TNT Pro on all those platforms and uh demon bunny demon x bunny on all those platforms also awesome well i'll tell you what we appreciate you taking time on your schedule today and uh we'll definitely have you on again and i'll send you that address and if you can hook us up with your uh your boys uh we'd appreciate it just pass my number to them and have them uh, contact me on messenger that'd be awesome i will sure do it man i appreciate it but thank you all right thanks guys sounds good and we'll talk to you next Monday after another crappy WWE pay-per-view. Dead man walking. You got it now. You got it made up in the day. And I can't allow you to think you can just walk away. So turn around and face the piper you're gonna pay. Yeah.